Welcome to the Multifamily by the Slice Podcasts with your hosts, Dre Evans and Ike Eke. On this show, you'll gain unique perspectives from investors and professionals on all aspects of the apartment investing space. Do you want to achieve legacy wealth and live a life of financial freedom? Well, all it takes is that first slice of wisdom to get you started on the journey to building your empire. Please subscribe to the show, leave a five-star review, and pass it along to a friend that can benefit from a slice of multifamily knowledge. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Multifamily by the Slice. Today, we had Julius Oni on the show, and you know it was another fun show with a doctor, which I can say that when we started this podcast, I didn't think I'd be speaking to that many doctors, but here we are. He's an orthopedic surgeon, but he also is a real estate investor. He's been doing it for seven years. He's built a community of, of over 200 investors, over 1,000 students, and has also built a f- portfolio as well. So he's a guy with a lot of information for you guys out there in the audience and a lot of slices of information that, that you'll definitely digest today. What were your thoughts, Chi? Yeah, I, I'd have to agree. I, I think, you know, I'm such a philosophy junkie and I just really loved how many slices of wisdom he dropped on us. I think one of the things I really like that he said is the fastest way to get what you really want is to give without expectations. And I think that is what lent to his velocity in the the industry, being able to be a doctor and being able to be a very successful real estate investor. And I just really liked his story. Like it was a lot of the strength and creativity of the human spirit. And I, I liked all the mindset that he had around it because he had an identity shift during COVID, which was really interesting. So I don't want to ruin the whole thing. So without further ado, let's get into it. Welcome to the Multifamily by the Slice podcast. I'm your host, Dre Evans. I got my co-hosts here, Ike Eke and Chi Nguyen. We've got a very, very special guest on the show today. But before we introduce them, I got to check in with Ike. I got to check in with Chi. What's going on? Hey, man. Another beautiful day here in San Diego, although it's been raining a lot. So, you know, us San Diegans, the reason we're here is because we like to be outside. We like to do be one with nature. But haven't had the opportunity to do so, at least in the usually sunny San Diego. That said, I'm enjoying the rain. We need it out here and, and I'm happy to have it. She, how you doing? Doing good. I also love the rain. I'm actually normally a sunshine person. That's why I live in the finest city in America. <laughs> but I am really sad I can't surf this week because there's beach closures because of the sewage spill in San Diego. So I'm a little bit bummed. Yeah, all my surfing buddies and I. But besides that, busy, crazy. I was just telling you guys, you guys right before this, running on fumes a little bit. <laughs> Had two hours of sleep last night, but we're going to do this. We're going to have a great show and I'm excited. Sometimes. Yeah, maybe we yeah. can go golfing. I think Ike, you went golfing last weekend, right? Well, so another thing with the rain, I was supposed to play a little bit of golf on Sunday. So what you saw, I posted on social media for those of you that that don't follow me, follow me. It's I-K-E-E-K-E-H underscore at Instagram. Nice little plug there. What you saw was me practicing, you know, wiping off the dust so I can get into the golf season. And then we were rained out the next day. So, you know, I'm love-hate relationship with this rain right now. Yeah. <laughs> We got to play one day. We got to play, man. We got to play. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but well, so, without further ado, allow me to introduce, introduce our guest, Julius Oni. He is the founder, co founder, sorry, and CEO of Excite Capital Investments. Julius, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. Can't complain. Thanks for the opportunity to chat with you guys today. Absolutely. Absolutely. We are excited as well. So please tell the audience 
a little bit about yourself, how you got into real estate, into business, how you grew your business and, and all things in between. Fantastic. How long do you have? <laughs> I'm just joking. So yeah, once again, I'm Dr. Julius Oni. I'm, uh, I'm an orthopedic surgeon by day. And I used to say a real estate investor by night, but now it's actually day and night. So, but uh, I started in, in my business journey, really, when I started practice. So I've, I've been in practice now for about a decade. So this is my 10th year. I've been an orthopedic surgeon. I, you know, I'm, I always tell people I'm only licensed to, to, to replace people's hips and knees. And everything, everything else, uh, you know, you should probably consult your financial uh, professional. So, so, but uh, more importantly, you know, like any other highly paid skilled worker, I, I started to think about other ways to make passive income around you know, probably year seven. And, and in my, you know, experience, I had tried, you know, playing in the stock market with, you know, mixed returns. I tried angel investing and that was actually really successful but you know i in in this between 2015 and 2020 i invested in a little over 50 companies uh, and i would say about 20 20 percent of them are still alive and still kicking with uh valuations of anywhere between 10x to 40x of what i invested so i think when those eventually turn out they will work out but obviously angel investing is a high risk high reward type type of play and, and, and you cannot rely on that to replace your cash flow. So I also tried single family and I was like, you know, that's what I thought I wanted to buy one single family home for the next, you know, uh, 30 years and then maybe sell at the end of those 30 years as a portfolio. Um, once they've organically appreciated over time and I quickly realized I didn't like being a landlord. And when I tried to use property managers, I felt like they were taking advantage of me a little bit, you know, changing the knob will cost a hundred bucks, changing the light bulb was costing 50 bucks. I was like, and they would show me receipts too. I was like, y'all colluding against me. So anyways, the cash flow, the cash flow wasn't impressive. So it was around that same time that I discovered multifamily actually towards the beginning of COVID. My current partner, Leslie Awasam and, uh, and Tenny Tolofari had started Excite Capital, but they had not done any deal yet with it. And 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 they reached out to me and I looked at the merits of the deal and started researching about multifamily real estate. And I was like, man, how did I not know about this? You know, all this time. And eventually that you know, dove real deep into it and really started to learn a lot about real estate and eventually decided to partner up with these two fantastic gentlemen. And the rest, like they say, is history. Over the last two and a half, three years, we've acquired an asset under management of 168 million in six deals, with four of them being lead sponsors. Um, so I mean, we we and we were only able to do that because of the power of community. We literally just thought we were going to be educating people in our network about investing in multifamily real estate, and we. Went out there, started talking to people just like us who worked in, in, in the same industry as us. Because what we started to notice when we went to all the conferences there, we didn't see people that worked in our industry in those rooms. We didn't see healthcare professionals. 
because one of my other partners is a CRNA. We actually met in the operating room. She was putting my, it was it was putting my uh, my patients to sleep when I was operating on them. So we didn't see any healthcare professionals in this room. We saw a lot of a lot of accountants. We saw a lot of you know MBAs. We saw a lot of business folks. We saw a lot of uh, lawyers. And even some engineers were represented, but we just didn't see many uh, healthcare professionals. So that became our main avatar. We also didn't see a lot of underrepresented minorities. The The room was very homogeneous. So so we were like, wait, this got to be an opportunity here to just focus on these two avatars and take the gospel of multifamily into this this communities. And, and that was the beginning of our story. I guess enough people saw the vision and bought into it and has come on this journey with us. Now we have over 200 investors that we have and growing. We have contributed to educating over a thousand people just in the last year alone. So it's, it's, it's become a passion of mine. Didn't realize that I was going to be as passionate about something else besides hips and knees, but certainly I found, I found another baby. So yeah, I'll, I'll leave it there for now. <laughs> I mean, quite the story. And, and, you know, my, my wife's or, or my, my sister-in-law's husband is an orthopedic surgeon. My, what's his name? His name is Chima Nwanko. He's in, he's out in Brooklyn. Interesting. I forget the name of the hospital. And my brother-in-law is an anesthesiologist. And, you know, both of them recently have, have shown interest in, in real estate, but you know more than I do. Not only the amount of time it takes to get the credentials to practice, but also the amount of time that you contribute to practicing after you've been credentialed. It's monumental. So my question to you is how did you find the time? How did you manage your time? And how did you stay sort of disciplined to get to the level you are now in investing while also being, you know, a practicing doctor? Yeah, that's, uh, that's, this, this, that was the million dollar question. Uh, for a long time, people always ask me the same, that same question. But I would actually say that this was one of those few situations where COVID was actually a blessing. You know, in most situations, you know, uh, that period was a period of sorrow, obviously, for a lot of families. And, and certainly as I had my share of, of sadness, but, um, but certainly for the first three months when everything was shut down, I had a little bit of an identity crisis. And, and, you know, for several years before that, my identity was cemented really in being an orthopedic surgeon. And all of a sudden the tap turned right off, you know? I couldn't be in the operating room. I was stuck at home doing like, you know, telemedicine and things of that nature. And I was just, I was just completely lost. I was walking in the woods as much as I could and reading a whole, whole bunch, listening to a lot of podcasts. And that was actually the moment when I decided, you know what? I'm just going to put my, my in, entire energy into creating something else that would still continue to grow regardless of what I was doing regardless of if I was on vacation or doing doing anything else. So those period when things were slow slowing down somewhat gave us the opportunity to really my partners and I the opportunities to really uh, dive deep into into real estate. And and you need that period of like just complete immersion mm-hmm. almost to really, you know, kind of learn the lingo. It's almost like a quick, you know, it's a to, to really engage with with folks in the industry to, you know, to, to get out there and do, do it. And at that point, there was a lot of fear, you know, in the, in the industry, people, they really didn't know what was happening. 
So we just dove head first right into it, partnered with Mentor on the first deal that we had. It was a 49 unit in DC, you know, and we were tasked with raising, raising about a million dollars for it. So we just dove right in. I created a, a long list of, of potential investors and started calling and sharing the little that I knew at that time about multifamily real estate. So, so you ask how I manage it now. I've, I've come up with a nice little system. I mean, most of my weekends and nights are spent. As you can see right now, it's 9 p.m. I'm talking about real estate. I spent doing real estate and during the day, I mostly focused on dips and knees. But, you know, I think I can see a future where things kind of start to even out a little bit as we, as we grow because our company now is growing pretty fast. We've gone from just the three of us co-founders to now a team of eight and counting. Wow. Mm. So, so yeah, so it's, it's, so now it literally run into, you know, full business on the side and it's been exciting. I barely get sleep, but I'm trying to get more sleep in 2023, but it's, I guess it's all about what you want. You know, people always say if something is that important to you, you're always going to create some time to, to, to make it happen. So that's, that's the bottom line. I've also been able to leverage my partners. That's the important importance of partnership because my, both of my partners have, have just been amazing and I trust them so much that I, I trust them to represent the core values of the, of the, of our company wherever they go, you know? And so I, I have no doubt. And when they come short of that expectation, we have, you know, we've shared our egos so much that we can call each other out. We could make, make, make sure everybody's accountable, including myself. So, so that's, that's how we've been able to do it. If, if I didn't have them, obviously this is almost impossible, but, but, but I have my partners, they have me and we are like the three legs of a tripod. And Julius, I'm sitting here with like the biggest smile on my face because my older sister is a general surgeon and my younger brother is a dentist. And I just had him over for dinner less than a week ago. And he was like, what was that, Jay? What was like, that? Hey, all your family members just... <laughs> that is yeah, nice. Where the least accomplished. That's all. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a start. Maybe also be the smarter ones. You know. Yeah. Oh no, no, no. Yeah, my sister regret. I, I don't want to say she regrets it. You know, if you're you're in surgery, you gotta love your job, and you she loves her job. You know. But she's like, you know, honestly, if I had to do it over again, I'd probably do it in your guy. And I'm like, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> so I was also pre med, and I was like, I don't want to do that. But I had my brother over. Going back to the story, just a few days ago for dinner, him and his wife. And he was like, whoa, I am giving up six figures to the government every year. And I was like, he's like, do you have any ideas for me? Because he always comes to me with like financial questions. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, get into real estate, you know? And he was like, what do you, how does that work? And so, you know how it's like when it comes from your older sister, they can be a little bit like, so I'm just easing him into it. I'm going to like give him a few books. But you just yes. hearing you talk about that, like that gives me so many ideas. And, and the other thing you said that I really like is you guys check your ego at the door. I think that is so crucial in any partnership because when you're able to do that, then you get real work done. So absolutely, absolutely. The only um, the only uh, solution to fear is massive action. And and when we started this journey, I was pretty scared because I was worried that you know I'm an academic surgeon. I I I I run the Joint Replacement Fellowship at a pretty big academic institution. And, and I was worried that people weren't going to take, take 
my, you know, research seriously, that people are not going to respect me as a surgeon anymore. They're going to be like, wait, I did not pay you enough. Is that why you're going into real estate? (laughs) It was a lot of negative self-talk, you know, like, you know, I might, when I go to people to raise money from them, are they going to say, well, you know, like, what what happened? Like, you know, why, why are you asking me to, to, to invest money with you? But something happened, you know, after reading a lot, after diving deep into a lot of like person development, I realized that actually I will be doing my folks a disservice not to share this great opportunity with them. Because when I discovered it, I was so shocked that I didn't know about it, even though I lived in apartments before. Even though I I drive by apartments all the time, even though my family members still live in apartments, and I was like, "What? How come I didn't?" I mean, and people own these apartments, and they don't have more than two hemispheres of their brain, just like I do. I was like, "What? Why is it that they can own it and I cannot participate?" So, so I was like, "I'm create. I'm actually presenting an opportunity to them to to, to invest." And that, that flipped the script, the switch in my head. Cause then I was like, okay, well, the worst you're going to say is no, <laughs> is that no, I'm not ready to participate right now. And that's okay. But for those that want to, you know, go on this journey with us, yes, let's go ahead and create a property ownership group to all, you know, to, to start owning those properties. And that's exactly what we've done so far. You could say it. you're a reader. Yep. So that, Cause he comes, this is the second time that you've, dropped a little nice little knowledgeable quote on us and talking about the only solution to fear is massive action. I actually wrote down both for the first one. And for my listeners, the first one, he said, if something is that important to you, you always figure out a way to make time. I really love that. I think a lot of people in life, I think the majority of our, our listeners, you know, there's only so many people that are truly financially free. And the majority of people are, whether you're start, you already started a business and you're trying to scale that to a level where it could be more passive and you can put a manager in place and walk away, or you're working that nine to five job, whatever it is. I think, and then there's that group of people that just haven't started yet. And I think the majority of people that, you know, they make excuses. They make reasons for why they cannot do it or get it done. And I don't care if it's 30 minutes a day, at least you started and you're making progress towards your goal, what you're trying to do. So I guess we can say for this episode, just 30 minutes a day, just 30 minutes a day. Absolutely. Take take that with you, take that mantra with you and move on forward. But I do want to backtrack though. <laughs> you talked about the first deal, which was what, 49 units in DC? Yep. And you your team, you rose capital for it. Yep. How did you become connected with the general partnership team for that deal? And how was that relationship built? And the reason why I want to ask that question is because one of the things, you know, Ike and I have been doing this for a while. And we see a lot of patterns with people. And so now I'm out the I'm at the business right now where I really want to flesh out the things that people really struggle with most and want to have questions about. And one of the things that we've heard, pretty common theme, is building that relationship with a senior partner, how that's established, how they're found, and the value that you bring. Obviously the value you brought was raising capital, but how'd you find them? Where'd that conversation go like? That, that's a great question. Um so- I was lucky that my both of my partners already had a pre-existing relationship with this particular GP group. Mm. They had tried to raise capital for that group before mm. and unfortunately couldn't, but that group was kind enough because they had provided some value to that group, you know, introduced them to some other folks that invested with that group. Uh. So, 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 you know, so they were willing to give them another shot pretty much. And, and 
at that point was when we when I had joined and we just said, you know what, let's combine our forces and go go all out with 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 this um, opportunity. But I mean, at that point, we just wanted an opportunity to get behind behind the curtain and really see how an asset is taken from acquisition to essentially the asset management portion of it. So we wanted to be able to, you know, jump on the asset management calls and kind of see how they troubleshooting all the challenges that occurs. We want to see what the conversation with the lawyers were around the time of acquisition. We want to see what the what the potential challenges were. And we we got everything we wanted. We really got to come behind the curtain and really learn how the lead sponsor was 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 navigating all the issues with that particular deal. So our next deal, we became it was eight months later, and we uh, did did it. We were the lead sponsors, and with that one, we had to raise five point three million, and 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 we ended up doing it in less than thirty days, and wow. we couldn't believe it. But we only were able to do that because in the and so in eight months between that last last deal and the deal where we were lead sponsors, we just gave value. We just educated as many people as we could. You know, the 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 fastest way to get what you really want is to give. You know, so so in in the go again. I love it. Say that one more time for us, Julius. I mean, the 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 fastest way to get what you really want is to give. You know, so so for that has been the greatest truism for us because all we did was just like give value you want something whatever we needed we had we gave it even if we didn't have it we'll find someone who has it and introduces introduce you to that person with no expectation of ever receiving anything from you so we just gave without necessarily the expectation of ever receiving anything back and somehow the universe just made it such that when we when it was time for us to raise for a deal People just already kind of knew us as those folks who just would give. So, and you know, the power of, of reciprocation is, is, is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't think it, you don't think it works as dramatically as it does, but that first deal, every single co-GP we had on that, except for the lead spot, the, the, the KPs, you know, we were the lead sponsors, but we, we brought in some KPs because at that point we couldn't take down a $12.5 million property by ourselves. So... Now we can, but at that point we couldn't. But 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 uh, and so every other co-general partner on that deal, it was their first time doing it, and they were like just people that were like interested. They had heard us talk about multifamily real estate. You know, they were like in in a group with us. We were like in almost like a mastermind together, and we we were like the most experienced of this. You know, of this mastermind, even though we had only just co-GP'd on one deal. And so, so, and we just taught everybody as much as we knew. And when it was time to go, everybody just went, you know, all out to raise capital. Excite Capital raised about half of that capital. The rest of the folks brought, brought the other half. It was actually, we raised about three mil. Everybody else brought the, uh, like 2.3. And um, yeah, there was, the, and that was a wrap. And from that point on, you know, it's, you know, like problem is only some, is, 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 a challenge that's outside of the realm of your control. You know, the moment you were able to figure out a way to solve that problem, right? That problem, that now becomes your new realm of control because now you can solve similar problems, right? So now a problem to you will only be something else that is actually bigger than that because 
you figured out how to, to figure that up. And, and the, the most successful people are people who have kind of developed the capacity to solve the largest problems, if you want to think about it that way. So every so often, we keep being challenged, keep going into these positions where we're in maximal discomfort, which is where the most growth happens. And, and the more we expand, you know, the more we realize that, you know, there's bigger problems to solve and we, and that's really the secret to, to the growth of the company so far. We should just call this the philosophy episode. There's <laughs> <laughs> so much life philosophy and I agree with so much of it. I, you know, one of my favorite things that I say is I'm most comfortable when I'm uncomfortable because that means you're always pushing yourself out of your, your comfort zone. So, and you're always becoming more and more capable. I love the way you kind of showed it with, with your hand gestures and that's, that's really cool. It makes me think you're really like Cosmos, so. <laughs> really, really. I get, I get a little too excited talking about this. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Well, normally we will go into the legacy round, but we do, we are on a time crunch. You know, Julius says, and we, we do have a, another guest. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to jump into the Giordano round. Now, Julius, this is my favorite round, okay? Okay, that's the word. Why that, Dre? This is the multi family about a slice podcast, and we don't, we don't play games about pizza, okay? <laughs> so... Giordano around. Giordano is the number one pizza spot in Chicago. It's known for its big, meaty slices of pizza. Each. Trust, trust me, I, I know, I know about so you. You know, I, 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 tra- I trained in Chicago. Yeah, oh, and rush. That's where I did my fellowship. Each of these questions are going to leave our listeners with a mouthful. So Ike, myself, and she are going to go back and forth. Six Thanks. of them, rapid fire. The first one: You're on the top of the highest mountain in the world. These are the last words you could scream out to the world before you die. What will you, Julius? Scream out to the world and want them to remember you by. I feel like you was about to be deep. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. Yeah. <laughs> well, wow. I'd say I played fool out, you know? I I I lived it to the fullest. That would be my 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 uh yeah, that would be what I would be screaming as I go down. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Okay. All right, number two. If there was one slice of wisdom you wish you knew when you got started or advice you could pass on to others, what would it be? I'd say like the mind, the body, and and the spirit are all very important. And making sure those are healthy are going to be very important to determining how successful you're going to be. So one of the things that I quickly learned over time is that, you know, just as I was planning, you know, growing in business that I had to make sure that I was growing, you know, physically and, and, and staying healthy, you know, seeing my PCP, I just turned, turned 40 to turn 41, <laughs> you know, staying, staying healthy physically, you know, meditating, you know, reading a lot. So developing my mind and, and spirit, you know, meditating and, and, and really being present. I think those are like great qualities that are always going to set you up for success. Obviously, other qualities are things like, you know, seeking mentorship and surrounding yourself with folks that are doing it much bigger than you are. Like if you're the smartest in your group, then there's, there's a problem with that because you are not going to expand. So anytime I feel like I'm the smartest in the room, then I need to like start seeking out folks that are doing it much bigger, people that are doing it the way that I dreamt it only could be done. And, and I've learned so much more from those folks than from education that I paid for, you know? And a lot of them are just happy to share what they know because of the interest that I've shown. So 
I'd say mind, body, spirit, being healthy, super important for success. And uh, second, mentorship is super, super important. And the only uh, the extra one I will add in there is give, give, give. It's super successful. Yeah, you're going to be super successful if you do. Number three, vocab. What are your favorite or three most critical real estate terms multifamily investors should know and why? Hmm. Three? Three, three of them. Oh, man. This is going to be a tough one. I could, I could rattle off 10 right up <laughs> for you, but I would say one of my favorite is cost segregation. <laughs> okay. I like it. Uh, because, I mean, when I discovered cost segregation, it just changed the game for me. I'll just tell you that my wife is a real estate professional now, and it, tax time is like it's exciting time to me right now. <laughs> I, I know I'm about to recoup some of those, uh, you know, losses. Now, through my W-2 job. So, but cost segregation, for those that don't know, is when you um, bring in cost segregation experts, usually a CPA and an engineer, and they depreciate everything from the land to the building. I mean, everything besides the land and the building. And typically, in an average syndication or investment, like with my company, if you invest 100K, you could... Sometimes you're able to depreciate anything from twenty to sixty thousand dollars, depending on what the cost segregation expert allows for. Like for example, our most recent deal that we closed in in on December thirtieth, twenty twenty two. Yeah, the cost segregation experts told us, you know what, you could take forty forty one thousand dollars for every hundred thousand dollar invested. That means you could offset any passive income you have with that money. And especially now that you could do 100% depreci- um, bonus depreciation, I mean, that's amazing. Because if you have all the passive income from either rentals or businesses you invested in, that's great. And then it way becomes really powerful is when, you know, you have a spouse or you yourself, if you're not a full-time person, are able to be a real estate professional. Now you can use that amount to offset any earned income, 1099 income, W-2 income, whatever it is. And it's just unbelievable. I mean, I don't understand how how real estate is so tax advantaged, but it, it's one of my favorite things about it. Second, I'd say uh, cash flow. <laughs> you know, cash flow is king. You know, you know, and most of our deals with structure is such that people get a certain portion of their returns in cash flow, and then they also get to participate in the upside, either you know during the refinance event or during the sale event, and yeah. So when 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 we went full cycle on our first deal just this past December, and we sold we bought the property that we bought at twelve point five million dollars in April of last year, we sold it for seventeen point eight in November of of uh, this past year. And nineteen months later, we were able to give our investors thirty percent average annual returns, but they had been enjoying about eight percent cash flow up until then. You know, annualized. And if and that experience alone really won us a lot of raving fans because now we weren't just saying, Yeah, you know, we people have done this before. We've now taken a bunch of people on that journey with us and they've essentially become our biggest fans and have brought other people to ref, to invest with us. So a third be your yeah, what would be your third? You can rally it off and then we can go to the awesome. rapid round. Equity multiples, you know. The best way. <laughs> Yeah, because you know a lot of deals like like what we what we do, you do, literally double your money in three to five years, you know. And that's for example, if you have a two x equity multiple, that's if you invest a hundred k, 
you end up with 200K at the end of the deal. Um, I think that's a beautiful thing about real estate. It's tax advantage. You're growing your money and you're still able to depreciate on, on income that you currently have. I think it's incredible. There you go. Number four, education is critical in this business. What books, apps, or mastermind groups would you recommend listeners immerse themselves in? So I'm a big fan of Will Barrow Profits. I think it's a very easy, easy book to read. It's Gino, Gino Barbaro and Jake Stanziano, I think. Ends of Investor 2 by Brian Burke is it's a pretty good one, but it's a little more dense. You know, it's, um, <laughs> it's a little, it's a little tougher to get through, but. <laughs> It's so detailed. Everything you need is in there. So, so, yeah. And then number five, what is the most important skill to build to be successful in real estate investing? Sales and marketing. And I'm still a work in progress in that. But but yeah, because I really didn't realize that that you could become, you could be a business operator by just doing it without sales and marketing, by just extending into your network and you would be the one kind of doing the hard work and good doing it guerrilla style all day, every day. But once you have a well-established sales and marketing uh, structure, then you really, really could start becoming the business owner. Now you could really start working on the business and the business could pretty much run with or without you. So I think sales and marketing are probably the biggest skills. I like that answer. I like that answer. All right. Last question. What is the very first action you would advise a brand new investor to take to start their journey in real estate? Educate, educate, educate. Educate yourself as much as you can. Just listen to podcasts every day. Well, what, you know, read as many books as you can on real estate. Ask questions from people who are doing it as many times as you can. And, and you will start to see some common themes when you talk to multiple people. Those common themes are the things you want to latch onto. Learn about your, 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 the markets that you're targeting. Learn about your investment criteria. Stay disciplined. Go for it. Well, there you go. Another episode of Multifamily by the Slice. I'm your host, Dre Evans. I got Chi Nguyen, Ike AK. We got Julius Oni, Dr. Day, Dr. Julius, whatever you want to call him. Appreciate you for coming on the show. I'll leave a five-star review if you, if you felt like this show added value to you. And we really, really do appreciate to that to our listeners because when you provide us that feedback and the show continues to get ranks and likes. It helps us just pass that torch. It helps us give back. And we just want people to, to learn and be successful in their, in their invested journey. So thanks again. Be blessed. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Multifamily by the Slice podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave a five-star review. Lastly, check out the show notes for links to topics discussed, as well as website and social media links for Dre, Ike, and our guest. See you next week.